Hey, this is David Greenwald. And this is Dom's Nicola. And you're listening to Pretty Little Grown Men. So this episode was really insane. <laughs> Hello, uh, everybody. We're, we're talking about Pretty Little Liars, Season 7B, Episode... Uh, 14, which yeah. I, do we have a title? Uh, the title is called Power Play. Power Play. Uh, Directed and this was... by Roger Cumble. Okay. Cumble? Cumble. Not familiar with that name. Uh, this is also episode, I think, 70 of the podcast, which is incredible. We're just cruising into unprecedented podcasting. Episode waters. We're as old as the president of the United States. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we we sure are. Uh, so this was like a super plot heavy episode to the point where I just had to before I just went to go like fact check and watch a scene from it again because I wanted to get it right on the podcast. Uh, so we're gonna do our best, but there were a lot of revelations and crazy moments and emotional moments in this episode. Uh, which I thought was great. Uh, there was maybe one thing that I felt was manipulative, uh, but we'll we'll get to that. Hey, but speaking of uh, getting things right, um, you know we don't pay attention to, to much else in the in the PL fanverse when it comes to uh, theories and what anyone else thinks, but us. Uh, but. Uh, if if you have been listening for the past couple episodes of our uh, our our comeback season, you would have heard Dave postulate that in fact Emily's eggs are inside of Allison or an egg. Yeah, just one. <laughs> just I mean, maybe two. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Allison is just storing a few more in there. Uh, yeah, my my theory was correct. I'm extremely pleased with myself, uh, and I'm actually really excited that the show did this because, you know, we rag the show a lot for, like, dropping plot threads and just sort of leaving them to dangle, you know, uh, when they become inconvenient, and this was one thread where I thought, well, I mean, they're just going to leave it, you know, even though it seems like a pretty big deal, and so the idea that the show would actually go back to it and deliver a satisfying uh, return of that plot, which I predicted as what like I thought would be, you know, interesting and diabolical. Uh, so I'm excited for the show, and I'm excited for me. Uh, yeah, and I'm excited for for all of you listeners who knew, who had this theory <laughs> going in, and were not surprised. I'm excited for us, Dave, for our show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, before we move in into the many other plot points, I do want to talk about an article that I that I was telling Dave about that I just read in Teen Vogue. Um, the title of the article is Why the Emerson Baby on Pretty Little Liars is Problematic. Mm-hmm. The subhead is This is Reproductive Assault. Right. Well, I This mean, is an article yes. by D. Elizabeth. Um, and I think that um, she sums up what we've been talking about uh, a lot lately as far as 
the way that the show introduces traumatic experiences, but it, but it's unwilling to to carry those experiences through, and it, it rather resorts to the status quo, no matter how it achieves the status quo. Right, as a way of absolving the trauma. So, uh, uh, D. Elizabeth's uh, thesis is pretty simple, which is basically that the reproductive assault that both Emily and Allison experienced will drive them back together. And though this episode explored the trauma that they were both experiencing, which was uh, made very real and summed up, I think, pretty explicitly by Spencer, when she was basically just like, hey, you guys, let's all keep in mind that you are, like, I can't imagine how violated you must feel. Mm-hmm. Which is like, uh, I think that the show often sometimes has trouble um, maybe putting the right words on traumatic experiences. And I think that's the first time that it felt like the show was just like, yes, this is very traumatic. You were both violated. Right. It it treats it in a super serious way. Right. Uh, it absolutely treats it with like the level of intensity that it should be. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the thesis of the article is basically that this traumatic experience will be used in order to uh, push Allison and Emily together to form Emerson, which will be treated as sort of a happily ever after and that they'll raise the kid together. Um, which is, you know, essentially agreeing with us when it comes to this uh, furthering of the status quo or this return to the status quo that the show seems hell bent on doing. And that oftentimes uh, things that they use in order to return to the status quo, such as Yvonne dying Mm-hmm. Um, are very cruel and traumatic, but the show doesn't entirely think it's bad as long as it results in the status quo. Well, I think for this season, I, I think actually I absolutely agree with that argument. And um, I think it is too early, though, to say that. Um, I mean, to say, because you're saying if this happens, if this is how the show concludes in six episodes from now, uh, then this will have been like a very cruel, you know, problematic uh, plot device to, to, to get there, which I absolutely agree with. But I don't think we can necessarily predict that. Um, I mean, I think the show sort of returning to the status quo in, in certain ways at the end of last season, I'm not saying that the show has learned from the fact that from that or that that was like a cheap way to end the season before they get into this final season. But it does seem like with this episode uh, that the stakes are being, I don't know. I think that the show is being, is treating these episodes very seriously. I I hope. Uh, And I think it's, I think it's too early to say this is going to happen in this predictable way, even despite our usually on the money uh, predictions about the show. Uh, But I, I don't think we should prejudge. I think we should wait until it plays out in the way we don't want it to and then we should say it's bad. Because I mean, because, you know, last episode we were talking about the death of Yvonne and how that was going to set up Toby and uh, Spencer getting back together. But in this episode, we have Spencer sleeping with Detective Fury. Uh, this and is, they, she, have to, they have to get that out of the way. Well, right. Uh, and he's hot and that's fine. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it wasn't like she immediately it wasn't like Toby was grieving and she ran to comfort him, you know, which would have been like cheap and disgusting. So I do think the show we should give it some measure of 
uh, credit or, or space to, to get something wrong before we jump in and say they're really going to screw this up. Yeah, I guess you're you're more understanding than I am because I just assume the worst. Uh huh. Um, which you know, I'm I'm I I'm I'm very entertained by this season, this half season so far, and you know, I can't say that I dislike the development of having Allison carry Emily's baby. Um, I I just. Every other th- every other time the show has been confronted with a situation like this, it usually, or I would say almost, I mean, tr- I'm trying to think of a situation in which this has not been the case, it ends up the way that we don't want it to end up. Right. It ends up, th- I mean, like, there, I mean, go on social media and look up what every fan's response is to Allison carrying Emily's baby, and it's not like, oh my God, that's traumatizing, or oh my God, they were both assaulted. It is, Emerson is endgame. Right. Emerson is everything. Right. And it's like, relationship. this is like maybe a cool idea when you're a teenager, but relationships don't have endgames. Like, they are this continual thing that you have to be engaged in and work on, and that evolves over time every day. You know, so the the idea of there being this happily ever after thing, which is like a cute, fantastical idea. I don't know if you're watching. I mean, I guess most teen shows end like this. You know, uh, Seth and Summer get married at the end of the OC in a flash forward. And the, there's always like this happily ever after ending. But it is sort of a silly way to end a show in which we've seen so much happen. And if you project forward, like, you know, the end of a show that goes on for six, seven years, like that's not really the end. You know, you know that these characters continue their lives. It's not like a movie where these characters meet cute and they fall in love and that you call it a day. And it's this very compressed thing, you know? Right. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the characters in a TV show, especially a drama have a lot more gravity. And, uh, I mean, you want there to be a good ending, but I almost, don't think it matters in the same way as it does a movie, you know, where the movie is telling you the story with a, a bow on it. I suppose. I mean, I... So I, it's aggravating to me that people would view it that way, that they would want the relationships to have the same sort of climactic thing as solving the mystery, which, you know, you can solve a mystery and then move forward. Well, you could, I mean, you could argue that, or or you could wonder aloud why the show has reached the popularity that it has. I mean, if the show wasn't populated by hot dudes and hot ladies being in love together, would it, would its mystery have sustained viewers as long? Probably not. That's a great question. Um, I mean, cause people are, the show has definitely, the shipping has become a crucial part of the show. And certainly the show has like, I think noticed that and played it up and changed course in some ways to, deal with that i mean because like this is probably i mean uh, i I mean which was the same thing for like gossip girl and and so on too and i say this with the full knowledge that like this doesn't matter but you have something as powerful as pretty little liar social media account so it's twitter account for example the show's twitter account and the show's twitter account you know like tweets out their little uh their little memes which are essentially just like gifs with subtitles or you know, just like some quote over some sort of dramatic 
shot from the series. There, there was a major spoiler yesterday at about 6 p.m. PST before we could watch the show, and I was really unhappy to run into that on Twitter. Um, well, the one thing that I, that I saw was uh, it was a gif of the situation when uh, Hannah had to leave the big fashion presentation with Lucas in order to go check up on Caleb in the, in the hospital. Um, who apparently was in the hospital all through this episode. But anyway, the tweet said something along the lines of like, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying what the actual tweet is, but it was like, uh, I wish that like, or we wish that all friends could be as good as Lucas or something like that. Like Lucas is that friend. Um, and either the the social media is not concerned with what amounts to like maintaining clues or anything like that or maintaining theories because in in this case it's just like my first thought was Lucas is, has ulterior motives for everything right um but the way that the tweets are written it's like no Lucas is the perfect friend because he's not trying to fuck you and also he has your best interests in mind and he's giving you all this money right. well i think the show's twitter the show's social media which you know i run into it on twitter but i'm not i don't seek it out i guess you know i think it's trying to be the voice of the young women watching the show and the target audience of the show and yep. it's like trying to be your bff who's freaking out with you you know, mm-hmm. and it's trying to sort of mimic and participate in the sort of Tumblr culture or meme culture that fans have already are already generating for these kinds of shows. You know, right? Um, That's a good point. And yeah, so I but don't know. I mean, I don't. I mean, like I deleted my Tumblr blog several years ago, so I don't look at that at all. I assume it it is all still going and all still pretty much what it was. You know, several years ago. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's why I like, I'm not interested in the social media because it's like, it exists in this totally weird and uncomfortable way to the show, uh, for me, like for us as people watching it in like sort of this more serious adult way, you know, really breaking it down and analyzing it and whatever, uh, that's not what the social media is for. And it is in fact like, uh, a barrier to doing that. Yeah. Because it becomes confusing because it's like in this episode we automatically or we find out that uh, that Lucas knew Charlotte or knew Charles. Right. Um, so uh, Pastor Ted sh- shows up out of nowhere and you know that he's going to be in this episode because when the, the previously on Little Pretty Little Liars they remind you who he is. Um, he... Spencer and Hannah uh, trick Mr. Hastings' private detective into telling them or giving them a lead on where Mary is. Mary, turns out, is in some neighborhood where, uh, where Pastor Ted also lives. Spencer and Hannah show up, confront Pastor Ted. He's really good at lying. And uh, then we find out, of course, that Mary has been there because she ominously appears out of the shadows after Spencer and Hannah have left. Like she does. Yeah. Like she has a tendency of doing it's all the time. It's classic Mary. <laughs> um, and then uh, Pastor Ted, because he's a man of God, he can't deal with the guilt of lying to Hannah. And so he goes to Lucas's apartment to have a, a beer with Hannah and tells her 
that um, Mary, in fact, has been living with or has been living on his couch and that after Hannah and Spencer showed up, Mary confessed to him that they have a son together. A daughter. A daughter. Or as a kid, a child. Right. A child. Who right. was who was Charlotte. Yeah. Uh and which he only knew as Charles, uh, because he ran a camp for troubled kids. And wouldn't you know, but Charles's best friend at this camp was a kid named Lucas. Right. So this is like this is the scene I had to go back and watch again to make sure that Ted is just finding out that Charlotte was his kid in this moment. Yeah. And he it's crazy that he would come over to Hannah's and be like, I just think you should know that this stuff all happened for some reason. This it's not clear that Mary says also Spencer is my daughter. Like right. it's it's not clear that there's that connection uh, because they don't talk about Spencer at all in that scene. Right. So maybe she doesn't tell him everything, and Hannah doesn't seem to tell him everything because you know it's it's a lot to take in. But Hannah's first thought is, "Oh, you're talking about Charles. You know, you're talking. You're not talking about Spencer, right? You're talking about this other this other illegitimate child that Mary had, right? That's that's <laughs> true. That's true. The the question it's it's not." Uh, she doesn't think, oh, maybe maybe Ted is Spencer's dad. So now we have like more clear. I guess we never knew who Charlotte's dad was. No, we didn't. I mean, did we like just assume it was? I guess we didn't know who it was. No, uh, we so assumed now, it was. We assumed it was Mr. Hastings. Right, Mr. Uh, Hastings and all of his weird babies. Yeah, so many weird babies. Well, so he has. So let's break that. <laughs> let's break this down now. So Pastor Ted and Mary had Charlotte. Have Charlotte. Um. And Mary and Mr. Hastings, Hastings had Spencer. Spencer and Mr. Hastings and Mrs. De Laurentiis had uh, Jason. Jason. Yep. Okay. Uh, so the other thing, I mean, this is like a crazy, it's such a crazy episode. So many revelations. Uh, and I love that they're doing this now before, while there's still six episodes left, you know, and they're just like laying out some of this stuff so that we can cruise into the final half of the season and not have everything be, you know, plugged into one episode. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Where do you want to go from there? There's so much we could discuss. I'm going to go get a Kleenex from the table over here. Oh, I'll hit pause. (laughs) Okay. We're back. Um, I don't, we don't really edit these podcasts, but I do. I, I can't hit pause. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I I've, I have some drippy nasals. So yeah, we're we're both working on our working on getting over our colds. Um, you know, I want to walk through. I want to talk about Emerson a little bit more, yeah. and I want to walk through the way the Emily Allison Page story played out in this episode. Because uh, okay, so let's go back. Um, Page finds out gets a call from some uh, university. University of Iowa. This job that she thought she was not going to get, which is why she took the job in Rosewood, and finds out, oh, now they're considering her again. That seems... Can I add here that I'm automatically dubious of this situation? Yeah, this seems like an AD uh, manipulation to me. Anyway. Uh, Well, yeah, so that's set up, and she's talking to Emily about it, and... Kind of gives Emily the brush off and doesn't really want to deal with it. And she's like, I just don't want to feel like I'm in high school anymore and I need to get out of here. It's all fucked up. Valid. 
which, yeah, totally reasonable. And then she finds out that Emily's pregnant and she's going to get an abortion. Or that um, Allison, Allison is pregnant and going to get an abortion. And, you know, I'm really glad that the show dealt with the abortion issue in, like, a straightforward way. And it, in, in with the full, like, emotional gravity that it needed to. And there's a conversation between Spencer... No, I'm sorry. Getting all these characters wrong today. <laughs> uh, there's a conversation between Emily... And Allison, where Allison says, I made my decision. I'm going to terminate the pregnancy. Here's how I have made an appointment. Here's what I need. Here's the pill I need to take. All, you know, just lays it all out. And Emily gives her a big hug and they have that, that moment. Do you think that, um, so first of all, no one knows that Allison is pregnant, right? That's right. Okay. So AD knows. Right. And the liars know. But Paige The liars don't know. Yeah, they do. I didn't think anybody knew except Emily. Until they said... It's a secret. Arya doesn't know in this episode. Oh, she doesn't? Yeah. Oh. Nobody knows but Emily. Oh, okay. Well, then... So, obviously, Paige doesn't know, which means that when Paige first sees this pamphlet, she's just assuming that, A, Ellie got pregnant, and B, she's going to get an abortion. Um, Which first time they use the word abortion on the show well she says i'm gonna terminate the pregnancy but the the pamphlet said abortion that's right um so you know vicariously said the word abortion but whatever um the so do you think that after Paige discovered that Allie This is kind of a stretch, but I, 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 but after after Paige discovers that Allie is is thinking or has an appointment to get an abortion, that's when Paige is like, "I've reconsidered. I'm not sure if I'm going to do this." Like, yeah, because she realizes that what she thought she saw between Emily and Allison as some romantic rekindling. I mean, which it also was, yeah. uh, is in fact the secret keeping around, you know, this this baby, this pregnancy situation. Yeah, so I guess it's like, so Paige doesn't think like, because in, in my mind, what I, what I was actually just thinking was that like, Paige is like, oh, okay, Allison isn't a, isn't a threat because Allison is doing it with guys. Right. No, to I make think. babies. Right. Well, I mean, her, <laughs> That's how that you works. know, her, her husband did just. There is this whole like ongoing, you know, police hunt for her missing husband. So we, you know, so there, there is that in the background, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a consideration too, that she's thinking that, oh, that she just got knocked up and must not be interested in Emily in that, in that way. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an element you could read into it. But regardless, uh, Paige decides that, um, Decides that she's not going to go to Iowa because because she wants to, for some fucking reason, stay in Rosewood. Well, she wants to get back together with Emily, and they have this whole, like, giddy makeout sesh where they're both, like, smiling, and there's a pop song playing. And, like, at the end of it, they both have just such huge smiles on their faces, and it's like, this is, like, dream sequence stuff material. Like, this does not play as... Well, it's just like, Paige, come on, what are you doing? Like, you have this great opportunity, you can go fucking take it. Well, what I didn't like about it, 
what I felt was this was the scene that I thought was manipulative in this episode where it's like you set up this sudden climactic thing of like, well, I'm going to leave, but let's get back together. And there's really no reason for them to get back together. Right. You know, I mean, especially the last few episodes, like they have not had any romantic anything like it was clear that Emily was just sort of bouncing around from girlfriend to girlfriend for two seconds because she was like being, you know, because she was being uh, in this game situation with AD again, yeah. uh, which Paige knew about. And who knows what she is thinking now about who's being whatever, uh, who's being manipulated. But it's like there were there's no reason for her to get back together with Emily. And it seems really it just seems really cheap and manipulative to pair them back together and have Paige make this dramatic life choice for Emily after like seeing how erratic uh, and unstable Emily is romantically. Well, uh, it, they're getting back together because they have a shared love of Rosewood's pizza. Rosewood's famous pizza. Well, yeah, sure. So the show like, did it, <laughs> you know, the show made every effort, effort to like make this like a cute romantic scene. Yeah. You know, I just felt like there was how how many times are they going to break up and get back together? You know, like at some point, oh, I know it's it's boring. It just didn't seem realistic to me that this was this was the point where they're going to get back together. And now it just sets them up again to break up because of the Emerson situation, right. which is like, I don't know. I feel like the show has raised all the relationships stakes, like in, in every single one of them, raised them like to the maximum level of like. The, the other person's going to leave in all these love triangles. The person's going to get killed. You know, the person is Nicole who like is dealing with this two year uh, captivity experience. Right. Like it is all as escalated as you could possibly be, uh, which just makes it feel really like messy to me. Well, that's why it's like you have to have all of these traumatic situations in order to bring these uh, couples back together. Um, it, but I think the show sees that as a real test of the metal of these relationships mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, with, yeah, with like Ezra and Arya, the only way they get back together is if Ezra's girlfriend is, you know, kid- kidnapped by revolutionaries in the fucking jungle. The only, with uh, Toby and Spencer, the only way they get back together is Toby's fiance has to get murdered. Right. I I did think that the Arya and Ezra story was dealt with well in this episode, given our usual caveats that Ezra is a statutory rapist and we hate this relationship. Mm. That said, uh, I thought they actually did it really also well. That Ezra is a could be D could be, um, but you know Arya stands up. <laughs> Arya stands up for herself. Ezra says, I've been a shitty fiance and I love you and we're still doing this and I'm dealing with this other situation. She's like, okay, sure. And so you get like some nice, you know, you get some nice uh, clarity in the relationship, which had been lacking in the last couple episodes. So I was glad that they did that and had it be relatively mature. Yeah. I don't think that she's convinced, which is also why Yeah, I believe that there's... I mean, I can't tell if this is like her actually having some sort of moral quandary or if she's got something planned. Well, so, okay. Do you want to explain this? This is why this is why the AD situation in this episode also felt a little bit funny to me because Arya gets singled out to be peeled off to become 
you know, she gets kind of the same offer that Spencer does way back in the day when Mona wants her on the team. And that was a little bit surprising to me because in the same episode, you have Arya kind of resolving her real life stuff. And so she should not be the person who is the most vulnerable to being, uh, you know, to being blackmailed or, or, or uh, tempted, I guess, is the situation. But as we've also recently seen, Arya stepping up and becoming more of a uh, an impactful player and everything. That's true. You know. Speaking of Mona, I feel I really, honestly, leaving Mona out of all of this is doesn't make any sense because if if anyone can help, it would be Mona. Yeah, it's true. Like Mona is like it's it's one of their like built-in team members. Like Mona is capable, can do a ton of shit, and has the history to understand what's going on. So you don't really need to explain a whole lot to her. Just be like, hey, we have this fucked up board game that we need to play. And Mona's like, I'm way ahead of you. Right. Yeah, let me let me figure this out. <laughs> Get out of the way, Caleb. <laughs> yeah. Move a st- step aside. Step aside, you fucking idiot. Why well, don't you stay in the hospital? What, what did you make of... So the... This was like one of the craziest things that's ever happened on the show, I think. And not scariest, but just crazy, where Arya is on the video phone with uh, uh, Allison and then gets a call from AD. Yep. And it's AD in a hoodie with like a voice uh, masker thing saying, rawr, 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 you It's know? basically just like, you have a lot to hide and Ezra doesn't even know. First of all, what, is, what does Arya have to hide that Ezra doesn't know about? I have no idea. Is it is it killing Dr. Husband? Yeah, maybe. But... Would but he, that wouldn't be would, that wouldn't would be in a file. No. Yeah, they they show this AD show or not AD, but um Sydney posing as AD uh shows this file with Arya's name on it, which yeah, I didn't really see that as I mean, you know, standard PLL blackmail, I guess. Yeah, and Arya's just like apparently so concerned about losing Ezra that she doesn't stop to consider that like what does AD have that Ezra would actually be discouraged by. Right. Well, I mean Typical and panicky Arya, I and guess. also Nicole is like severely scarred, right? And the show basically says like, yeah, Nicole is mentally ill, like she's incapable of taking care of herself right now. So why would Ezra be like? I don't know. I feel like this Arya has this idea of this competition in her head, and she feels like she's willing to do anything to win Ezra over. Uh, which might be why i don't this this whole side plot with aria doesn't make any sense well i'm hoping it doesn't feel very well motivated I, yeah I'm, I'm hoping it comes out of what we saw in last week's episode where aria does step up and becomes like a blue snarfer and feels like she can get more done <laughs> or feels like she can be like like you said more of a player uh so she gets a, she goes to meet she goes to meet a, who she thinks is AD, and it ends up being Sydney, who they were trying to track unsuccessfully before. But nice try with the <laughs> tracking device. That was a really good move. Yeah. And she gets in this limo with Sydney, who, what the fuck? Why? And I really appreciated that Arya is like, Sydney, like, why? Like, <laughs> you, like, you in particular, like, why are you doing this? Yeah. And the answer is like a perfect. PLL answer, which is dramatic, but tells you nothing, which is like, well, it's more fun to play on the side, the winning side or whatever, like still couching it in like the framework of, oh, it's a game. I'm on a team. I really hope that when this is finally answered, 
there'll be real motivation for targeting the liars because there never has been. Right. I agree. Um, because at this point, it's just like there's just no. I don't know. I feel like there's never been a, t- a, a time in. Uh, this is a really hyperbolic thing to say, but given everything that's happening in the political world, in our world, there is no better time to focus on the motivations of characters mm-hmm. when it comes to such elaborate fucking conspiracies where you have to sort of pick away at everything and just say, like, why are these people doing these things? Right, right. And why are they doing them to these people in particular? Right. And, I, yeah, I mean... We're recording. The, I don't want to do a. I don't want to do a two-hour discussion of, uh, of uh, why Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, fired uh, James Comey as the head of the FBI. But you know, we're recording this podcast the day after that happened, and it's been two days of news stories that are like, "Why did this happen?" Let's ask. Like the Washington Post put out a story tonight that's like, "We talked to thirty different people trying to figure out why this happened." Uh, so I think, yeah, thinking about conspiracy motivation is really important in American life at this moment and also in pretty little liars. And I think there's maybe someday I'll write it. I was joking about this the other day that I should write an essay about how podcasting about pretty little liars has trained me to like read the news (laughs) and like try and keep up with this, this political scandal. Uh, But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's like, why are the liars being targeted why would why is Sydney coming back? You know, and I think that scene was played with a lot of nuance. And you see Sydney sort of going from like this, like you know, uh, confident character to clearly being like looking more like a deer in the headlights after well, after Arya. Like, yeah, I'm a D. Sure, I am. Well, and then Arya notices that she's wearing another example of Arya being a little bit sharper. She notices that she's wearing an earpiece. Yep. And like, obviously, she's not AD, but she is working for AD, which Sydney says. Uh, but so I guess we find out that Sydney shot Spencer. Yeah. Uh, and she says a couple other things. I said, like I said, we weren't going to be able to get through every single detail. But yeah, she apparently Sydney was responsible for a bunch of stuff. So that's crazy. And there's no reason for her to be on to be doing any of this except for that she wants to be on the winning team. Right. And I'm sure there has to be a deeper reason than that. Because we know Probably. Jenna's motivation, which is that Jenna would like a new um Eyes. She wants a, she wants eye surgery. Yeah, she wants new eyes. She should they should just take Emily's eyes. <laughs> Taking everything else <laughs> from from poor Emily. Aw. Um did we get through Oh, so Fury Figures out that detective sex muffin, <laughs> yeah, detective abs, yeah, detective abs. Uh, Spencer only hooks up with these guys who are super ripped, except for Caleb, who's just like moderately ripped. That's all right. Caleb's like normal ripped, right? Yeah, you know, Caleb's like ripped if you're also a computer hacker, so you don't have as much time to work out. Yeah, you, you know, you can't spend all day. you got to sit down a lot. You can't, <laughs> yeah. can't go to the gym all the time. Yeah, but Caleb says they're using like a stress ball. To work out his forearms. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No. Go ahead. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Weird. Well, so we find. I, that, I got so caught up in talking Fury, about Fury. Fury thinks. Fury thinks Doctor Husband is dead. Which, yes, that's correct. Oh yeah, and they discovered that it was his finger. Yeah. Which we didn't say in the last episode, but at the end of the last episode, um, uh, what do we? What do we call? 
uh, officer boyfriend. <laughs> officer boyfriend. Officer boyfriend discovered that, uh, uh, or they or got was sent a a, a rolled up de- decomposing finger, um, at the police station, and through his sexy detective work, discovered that it was in fact the rotting finger of Doctor Dunhill. Doctor husband, doctor husband. Um, so the li- so that raises like a pretty clear that raises some pretty clear stakes for the liars in that like okay they have to keep playing this game because they know that there's a video of them digging the grave or digging up the grave or whatever, um, and so they don't want to go to jail, and they did actually kill the guy. So it's yep. you know so now the game is basically saying okay you gotta go play this game or we're going to release the, we're going to release the tapes basically. I do, I, I do like that Hannah, there was a brief confrontation between Hannah and Spencer where Hannah's like, so you're sleeping with this guy who wants to arrest us. And spent and Spencer's response is so nonchalant. She's basically just like, yeah, like, what do like you, I was, I was sad. What do you expect me to do? <laughs> yeah. I didn't really play. You looked at this guy with your shirt, with his shirt off. Yeah. No, go Spencer. <laughs> I think Spencer should go get it. That's yeah, that's, that's fine, right. especially after the way she was treated by Caleb. Yeah, fucking Caleb. That cad. <laughs> <laughs> that ghost lover. <laughs> that's true. He's he's been around the ghost block. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that covers most I'm, things. So the giant revelations of this episode. Actually, I thought this episode was really clarifying because we have this very clear situation with um, why the liars are being forced to play the game, which is that they fucking killed this guy uh, and they could go to jail and there's a video. And so that's those are pretty clear motivators to me. I, yeah. There have been points in this show where it wasn't really clear what A was actually going to do with them or what what bad things could actually happen because A was just doing all this stuff and like sending them cakes or whatever. And it's like, wow, yeah, well, it's what called is this? seasons four, five, and six. Right, right. <laughs> so this this to me is a lot clearer, which I appreciate. Uh, we find out that find out who Charlotte's parents are. That's great. Uh, we find out Lucas and Charlotte were friends, so that makes sense because Lucas is extremely untrustworthy to me. Oh yeah. Uh, and I guess did we talk about the crazy flashback from uh, Mr. Hastings? No, we haven't talked about Mr. Hastings. Oh, at okay, all. let's do that. That's like the big, the other big piece. Um. So let's see. So uh, he finally shows up at home. Um. Spencer rifles through his things. And so realizes that he has been in Rosewood for a week, which means that he returned to Rosewood uh, with Spencer's mom, which was, I think, a week after Spencer was shot. So it's been about, I think, according to PL all the time, it's been about two weeks since Spencer was shot. Right. Um, Making a great recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Just her, you know, (laughs) fucking the detective who helped her and patched her up. So she's feeling great. Yeah. Exuberant, even. (laughs) Um, so, uh, Mr. Hastings finally tells Spencer some, some stuff, which is usually what seems to happen in the, in the Hastings family, which is, uh, Spencer threatens to walk out of their lives and they're like, okay, geez, I'll, fine, I'll tell you. Well, that to me was a different dynamic because here you have this guy whose secrets are out 
and his kid is not a teenager anymore. You know, she's an adult. She's planning on leaving. She's going to go get a job. Like, she could peace out forever, and I think he recognizes the show plays it differently than it would have in another season where it would have just been him obfuscating, you know? But instead, faced with this adult situation, okay, he has to actually spill the beans. Yeah, and so he tells uh, Spencer that um, uh, basically the last time he saw Mary was when Spencer got out of rehab, which there's a quick flashback to uh, when Spencer thought that she saw Mrs. D. Um, or when we saw Mrs. D. When we saw Mrs. D. Floating like an apparition uh, behind Spencer. And it was actually Mary. And that uh, Mary tried to sneak out of the house but was confronted by Mr. Hastings. Also, how funny was that? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like, in a show where everyone on the show is, like, a master sneaker, to have her just, like, skittering down the stairs, just like, oh, don't look at me, yeah. no one else in the house, and just, like, get caught super easily. It was like, what, do you think the show was trying to comment on the way that the liars and like young people just see monsters under the bed or whatever, like the way everything seems to go bump in the night. But then when you're an adult, like that's just not the way you perceive your house, you know, like, was it trying to create some sort of discrepancy between like the way adults would deal with the situation versus the way the liars feel so, you know, watched and out of control and everything. I mean, I don't know if it was trying to, but it did. And I think that, you know, his response was pretty, would, would probably add to that idea because his response wasn't like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of my fucking house. His response was like, huh? What are you doing here? Yeah. Um, so he realizes it's Mary and then, and then goes on to tell Spencer that basically Mary was there to, for revenge and wanted to kill Mrs. De Laurentiis, which she did using his pills. Right. Cause the pills were missing from the barn. Oh, right, right, right. That was the whole thing. Yeah. So I totally believe that, that Mary killed Mrs. D. I mean, it makes sense. It's pretty anticlimactic, but it makes sense. I like it. I think it's a good... I think it it wraps that one up nicely. I don't feel like the show would present something like that, though, so cleanly like Mm -hmm. that, you know? I just... It doesn't... doesn't, I think... It doesn't feel right. I think it's trying to resolve some things, though. I think it is with with the... Emerson plotline and I think it is trying to tie up some threads and trying to not leave all this stuff dangling. Uh, and that was like a pretty undramatic way to do that. But I don't know what, maybe a flashback just would of like her poisoning her sister, like would have been corny. I well, that's know. what everyone on Twitter said. They're basically just like, I was just looking they're like, um, a flashback or it didn't happen. Like we we right. don't we don't believe it unless we can see it. But we've there's been flashbacks like all the Jenna flashbacks of the last of like the last season where she was like, oh yeah, I totally knew Charlotte and this is what happened. Like I don't think those are real flashbacks. You know, I don't think those are reliable scenes. I no. don't know. It's it's hard to know no, with this show. Point. That's a very good point. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. I it does seem weird that her dad would be so certain that this person had committed a murder, and instead of being like. Uh, we need to get her arrested and have her go to jail forever. He would be like, I just need to protect you and I'm just going to track this person down. And that's that, you know, yeah. it was like, how, how long have you known that this person committed a murder next door to your house? Like, uh, uh, it seems a little the, wild. The fucking police are, are looking for Mary Drake too. Like, it's not like they're trying to help her out. They're, right. they're doing the same fucking thing that you're doing. Yeah. So that's sort of, I mean, 
that's just the way the characters on the show behave is that everyone keeps secrets and then they become toxic and you end up protecting a murderer. <laughs> that is the moral of the story. If there's anything we shouldn't be learning from Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a good a good moral in this episode. Um, but I was excited that they broke down so much stuff and uh, raised some interesting issues with, with Lucas and uh, what Mary and Spencer's relationship will look like. So does you that know. mean that Lucas knew Charlotte throughout high school? I mean, one would assume that they stayed in touch. The interesting thing about Lucas in the sort of nether period where the show didn't know what to do with anybody when Allison was, he was like, a bad guy. Yeah. Well, he was like with Mona, mm-hmm. like as, as the like anti Allison squad, but you have to, and you know, he was working for, um, I, I can't remember who was a at the time, you know, he was like working for a for a while for some, Charlotte for somebody Charlotte. and being bla- allegedly blackmailed. But what if he wasn't, what if it was Charlotte? What, was like what if Charlotte. he, yeah, what if he was just doing it directly and lied about being because blackmailed? Because he's friends with these longtime friends with Charlotte. Right. And so now he is continuing. I mean, it seems pretty clear that like all the stuff he's doing with Hannah is not authentic at all. No, I don't think so. And like the whole thing he with his... He is not that friend, Twitter. And, no, he's not. And the whole thing with like his his like fireplace exploding and like injuring Arya or whatever was like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is obviously something that happened intentionally then why would he i don't uh i think i think charlotte is still alive i think she is like absolutely still alive okay so that's your latest latest theory oh yeah charlotte's alive yeah well because who else would be who else would be ad i mean you have everybody else is like dead you know and you have mary who's still out there who presumably is not AD because why would she run around like torturing like her sister's daughter's friends? Yeah. You know, I don't know, but, but why would that doesn't make it? I don't know. I don't think the show would do that. I don't think the show would, would have a be the same character again. I don't know. It's a good question, but I don't know. We were like, to me, Killing off Charlotte right after you reveal her as the supervillain was so unsatisfying and such a like just waste of this great character. And for her to like fake her own death in order to escape from living with her sister who she hated, you know, and be able to be go and be free, I think makes a lot of sense. Well, do you think that killing Charlotte martyrs her and therefore the show is trying to rectify her character because they mishandled her so so poorly i don't know i mean i think if they if they are it's still like she's an innocent there's much worse evil out there yeah i mean i guess it still ties back to the love triangle with her and dr husband and allison too which like none of that lines up as being making any sense i i think in the way it's been portrayed it doesn't at all i don't know i just i I don't I don't want Charlotte to be dead, but I feel like she should be dead. Right. Now. Well, least. maybe she was going to I don't know. Was she Do you think the master plan was that Dr. Husband was going to she'd fake her own death and the money would go to Allison and then Dr. Husband would get Allison into 
you know, Radley or wherever, not Radley, but another institution and take the money and then run off with Charlotte. And then Dr. Husband gets killed and Charlotte's like heartbroken again in secret. Baby. But then why would, wasn't that the original? Wasn't that sort of, but if that was the, if that's like the, the, if that was the plan, the intended plan, which, you know, I think maybe seems reasonable. Why would you go through this whole situation last season with like the liars having to find out who killed Charlotte, you right. know, and this whole race to like find out who killed Charlotte. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it all makes sense. I don't know if it, I don't know if, uh, the theories all tie up together for Charlotte to still I'm trying be to alive. think who, who could possibly be a D who could, who would want to know why Charlotte's dead? Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can think of is, remember in the like last uh, when we before we when we were listening when we were hearing Charlotte describe her life, mm-hmm. and there was like someone at the uh, someone at the was that Bethany who was at the who was at Radley who like killed toby's mom yes was that bethany yes oh, okay but bethany's dead killed right. by mona because everyone on the show has killed someone and yep. it's just like a chill thing and no one's going to jail it's just fine yep well it's it's listen in rosewood murder is is part of growing up right it's, it's like a, your it's, it's like your senior project it's a rite of passage um, and so you need to figure out, uh, some elaborate way of murdering somebody, or if you're lucky, you, you know, popped your cherry when you were little. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. When you, when you just push somebody off the building. <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone who, okay. So Spencer hasn't killed anybody, right? But thought she did. She thought she killed Bethany, but she has not. Allison hasn't killed anybody. Was she, wait, was she driving the car? Who was driving the car that killed Dr. Uh, I think husband? Hannah was. Was it Hannah? Okay. So Hannah, Aria, and, and Emily. Emily have all killed someone. And Mona have yes. all killed people. Yep. That's cool. You know. What are you going to do? It's just another day in Rosewood. Why, it, would, why it, would Paige ever want to leave that? I know. Well, it you know, it is interesting when you think of it that way. That if you see this, if if this show sort of like opened as like a slasher drama type show, you know, where everything's self-defense, you end up in this position where the liars have actually become the killers. Yeah. They've actually become like the slasher of the show who, who end up killing everyone they come in contact with. Oh, man. I like, I really like that idea. I wish that was like pushed a little harder. Yeah. That'd be, that's a cool idea to explore. That, that maturing and all of the compromise and lying that they've had to do in order just to survive has turned them into their own worst enemy. Yeah. And they've all, they've become, they've all become monsters, the monsters forged in the fire of this trauma. I don't know. I, we've talked about this before where it's like, there's no scenario in which the show gives us like a happy, I mean, maybe it's going to try, but there's no scenario where like the show really earns a happy ending and it should sort of end in this, in this dark, like HBO drama kind of way. Yep. Uh, but you know, we'll see. I, I, I do think like the ultimate moral, the ultimate moral of these characters is like, 
that they're traumatized and you can't escape and everything's and you can't escape this like cycle of family lying and secrecy and violence and everything's just bad you know like there's no there's no like lesson there's i think the lesson like so far has been like you can't escape from rosewood you can't escape from your family you can't escape from secrets i i like that idea it's a it's part of being an adult it's part of being an adult it's it's you are that you are I mean to take to take that a little further. Like being an adult is about being cornered, making compromised decisions, not like being stuck. And that that is the ultimate horror of growing up. Right, is that you have no more choices left. You are just stuck. You're just never. You're never going anywhere. But those the to apply that in like a sort of reasonable way. Uh, that, that sort of applies to like more of like the midlife crisis, you know, monotony of suburban life kind of situation where it's your responsibilities, which trap you right of your family and your mortgage and your rent and things like that. Whereas the liars, it's complete, it's nothing that they've chosen. And that's like what Allison's whole scene where she decides that she's going to make determination is she says, I need to assert some control. I need to stop letting things happen to me. And that's what this entire show is about is that everything is happening to them and they can't take control. That's the thing is like, you know, I think you're probably right, which is maybe why like every, this thing with Arya could be a ruse on her part because it's her finally taking some control. Yeah. And we saw what happened when, when Hannah did that. Didn't go well for Hannah. No, but Hannah. But maybe Arya. But Hannah planned it poorly. But maybe Arya's a secret genius, the way Hannah used to be, and maybe she'll do a better job. That's right, because Hannah planned it poorly. Uh, I don't remember why she planned it poorly, but it didn't work out for her. Well, it's just one of these situations where the liars corner the person they think is a villain, and they think they're gonna knock out the scent, knock the the secrets out of them, and then the person's just like. Oh, I'm I'm not going to tell you shit. Or, well, I'm just going to tell you this a thing that you're gullible and you're going to believe. Then you're just going to let me go. Or, know? hey, dummy, Caleb, just because Allie has a red uh, hoodie doesn't mean that she's fucking AD. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you dummy, you yeah. stupid idiot. Bad move, Caleb. Um, well, I'm I'm very excited about next week. Yeah, man, things are ramping up. I'm uh, I want to see where this thing goes. I reserve all judgments to the end. No, I won't. <laughs> I will continue to judge every single week. That's fine. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to let the show. I'm just trying to let the show happen and and you know take it one week at a time. Um, I feel satisfied by our discussion about this episode this week. Me too. All right. Me awesome. too. Uh, let us know, people of of the internet, what you thought. Uh, you can talk to us on Twitter at PLGM Podcast. Uh, you can rate this podcast on iTunes, which is cool and helps us reach more people. Yeah. Uh, we are. It's been cool to see people downloading, doing more and more. Every episode, the, the downloads and the listeners grow, and that's really exciting. So thanks for hanging in there. And we're going to try and uh, really... Just stay on top of it, you know, <laughs> bring it to a, bring it to a fiery conclusion. Um, yeah. And if you uh, we've said this before, uh, we haven't received any new reviews. But if you do review us, we will read your review on air without any redactions or edits. Just the cold, hard truth of just, what you just think. Just do a cold read. <laughs> That's right. 
And then um, we'll do a cold read for uh, Blue Apron. Uh, <laughs> no, just our fake, our, Speaking of fake sponsors, as in sponsors who have not actually paid us any money. Yeah. Um, I am drinking a uh, Founders All Day IPA. It is a session uh, IPA from Founders, Founders Brewing out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, now that Belmont Station, which is a block away from where Dave and Hillary live, uh, now that they have a lot of awesome Michigan breweries, I usually pick up something on the way over, and I did that this week. And so there you go, Founders. Way to go, making a good beer. Yeah, they've been getting some good. We've been getting some good distro founders and some other F- founders. East. I would love you to sponsor this podcast. Yeah, let us know. And Dave, you were drinking a beer during watching. I Hillary. was. I was having another one of those Oakshire raspberry beers, which I think are just about done for the season. So I'm going to have to switch over to the Oakshire cucumber sour, uh, which is also super good. So that's cool. Yeah, I was just having one of those. Nice. Like I do every week. <laughs> yeah, I know. It seems like I'm always having something pretty similar to what I had the week before. If I if I had a two-hearted, uh, if I had picked up a two-hearted from Belmont Station, that was what I would be drinking, which I would recommend once again, as I have in many podcasts before. Yeah, it's it's almost like they're paying you to say it, but no, <laughs> you just like it. It's just tasty. You, you uh, Bells or Founders, you could take up some valuable real estate on this podcast. Yeah. Okay, we made it under an hour. <laughs> Good for us. Well, okay. Until next week. Get on the winning team, bitches. Keeping, I know what you're keeping. Swore you never.